up, freaks? I guess I'm doing the ad read. <laughs> Logan, you interrupted my deep breathing. I was trying to do deep breathing exercises to get the freaks in the mood to calm down. This is one of the most exciting episodes we've ever had in RHR history. I can't wait for you guys to listen. It was freaking incredible. <laughs> Epic. Epic. Is that the word you would use, Logan? Epic? What? <laughs> the tone in your voice there. Questioning. Well, it was the last RHR ever, right? Yeah. Got a ninja launch that on you freaks. It's been fun. 241 rips. And this one was brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. <laughs> They're right down the hall. They're here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. They have a Vault product, which is a 2 or 3 multi-sig which allows you to hold two keys while Unchained holds one key in a two or three multi-sig quorum. As long as you have your two keys, you can move your Bitcoin as you see fit. If you're ever in a pinch and need Unchained to be the second in the two or three multi-sig, you'd be the second signature in the two or three multi-sig quorum. They're there for you. They have a white glove concierge team is going to get you set up onto the vault. You had unchained.com slash consultation. Tell them that TFTC sent you. You'll get $50 off their onboarding experience, which includes hopping on the phone with you, getting you comfortable with Bitcoin if you need to, with multi-sig, with the Bolt product particularly. They're going to send you hardware wallets, help you get those set up, backed up, geographically distributed. You're going to set up your vault, and then you're all set. You get, you've eliminated single points of failure in your custody model with distributed keys, distributed backups, if you want to buy Bitcoin via Unchained's trading desk and send it straight to that two or three multi-sequel storage wallet, you can do that at unchained.com slash trading. Go check it all out. Tell them the TFTC sent you. Get $50 off that consultation service. This was also brought to you by our good friends at CoinKite. CoinKite. They build this thing. Right here, the block clock. It's a cool thing. It's just a gadget. They build hardcore security devices as well. They're the most secure hardware wallet on the market in the MK4. It's got two secure elements. allows you to create private public key pairs offline using an air gap device, which is the MK4. You can add entropy to your private key easily using dice rolls. Uh, it's PSBT compatible out of the box. It has NFC compatibility as well. They recently launched the pre-sale for their Q1, which has the same inner workings as the MK4, but it has a full QWERTY keyboard. It has a QR scanning uh, scanner on the back, so you can scan QR codes. It's got a full screen. You can put batteries in it. They're just building the best hardware. On top of those wallets, they have the SATS card and the tab signer. SATS card is the iteration on the open dime, which essentially allows you to load up a card with Bitcoin handed off as a bearer instrument. Tap signer is a key, a private key that allows you uh, to use NFC to sign transactions. Um, you can do that single sig, multi sig, whatever you see fit. Go to coinkite.com, check all this out, get the cool gadgets, the hardcore secure hardware for cold storage, the SATS cards, the tap signer. Try the code RHR. Don't know if it works. That doesn't work. Try TFTC. If that doesn't work, try CD, Presidial Dispatch. And who knows what works? Maybe none of them work. Just try Coinkite.com. Look, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but I don't think I am. Am I? 
Silent Link had a one one show run. Now they're getting a partial read in this show. But I think that's it. Enjoy the last rip ever. It was a fun one. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Kept them waiting. 23 minutes late, freaks, but we're here. 123 Central. We had a little bit of studio traffic here at the park. Do you want to vent? No. Okay. No. All right. Let's hop on the Halo topic. While we were waiting to get set up, we were talking about Halo. <laughs> Logan doesn't think. Yeah, dude. Restream fucked up the Twitter link. What? I I wonder if it's I wonder if it's Twitter's fault. I mean, Twitter's just going down a fucking shithole. Did it not send the tweet? Let's make sure let's make sure YouTube works. YouTube uh are we live? We're live on YouTube. Okay. Oh yeah, and, and Twitter it's weird. It's not embedded anymore in the tweet. You have to, if you click the untitled thing. If I click the web thing it it goes. Yeah. We are live. Four viewers on Twitter. Hello, Twitter Elon's viewers. Elon's really fucking up the... I imagine we're two of those viewers, so hello, two other viewers. Okay, well, I retweeted it anyway. Fucking Elon's doing his best to just burn $44 billion. Kind of love to see it. Love to see it. Hate to see it, you know. Maybe he had good intentions. Got in over skis. Yeah, I know we've both expressed this on this show and in other places the last few weeks. My Twitter consumption's been down pretty materially. I finally, after years of trying, I finally kicked my uh, Twitter addiction, and now I'm addicted to Noster instead. Yeah, I mean, I definitely for better, to, for better or worse. I think my, I think overall, yeah, even including Noster, my social media consumption has been down. Well, one thing I'm going to try and stick to on Noster is. Uh, Computer only, no mobile. I like that. Because it's that, like, when you pull out your phone, you just start doing the scroll. Hate that shit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with Noster, too. It's so Mason. It's even hard. It's a little clunky to do the scroll. I know. It's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. All right. Back to Halo. But, I mean, no, the conversation isn't Halo. The conversation is, is Last of Us the first good video game adaptation? I do not have a good take on that particular topic because I don't know how many video adaptation pieces of uh, video content I've actually watched. I will say my wife, my brother, and I have been watching The Last of Us, and I really do like the show. Not today, you new world order jackboot thugs. Fucks. Jackboot fucks. How good was that? <laughs> so, can Nick I... Offerman? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I thought I, of you as soon as I heard that line. I, would, I was well, like, I hope Marty's watching this right now. I feel, I feel like you would have like his. I mean, that's the ideal setup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 
Natural. I was like, take, I was like taking notes. I was like, okay, mandibles. <laughs> no, it doesn't really good. I mean, I've been like enjoying the show. Then we got in. Matt said that Halo was the second best adaptation, and Logan vehemently disagreed. Well, I loved Halo as a kid. I did too. Um, Master Chief does not fuck. That's <laughs> all. It's true. It's true. I, it. I mean, pulling off the mask, pulling off the mask was a questionable choice. Yeah, it was. It was definitely garbage TV. But, have, I mean, it's, it's a low bar. It's a low bar. The nostalgia kicked in, and it was nice. I, I have not watched the Halo movies or shows, whatever they made. But it's, I a, do. it's a series. It's not a movie. And then, of course, there's the Witcher series, which I just I couldn't really get into. I will say that when I was a peak gamer, like sophomore year of high school, Halo was my game. But I do feel like Last of Us cheats a little bit, at least with me, because like I just like apocalypse books and movies and TV shows, and like they don't have to be great. They you know they just have to get the mind running with different scenarios. Yeah. Like mandibles. Whoa. On the mandibles topic, drink freaks, number one. Number two, big interview tomorrow. It's a big deal. I got her. I got how'd her. You, how'd you get her? Lionel Shriver. Bitcoiners are everywhere. I had a Bitcoiner finally made the intro. Um, so she'll be on dispatch uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern time, 1600 UTC on the Sill Dispatch YouTube feed. So search Sill Dispatch in youtube um and if you press that little notification bell you'll be <laughs> notified when we uh when we go live but i jokes aside i mean as many of the freaks as possible who can join us for that live show and show her uh a big welcome to the bitcoin community because that live chat will be streamed right in so she'll be seeing the live chat as we're going uh that'd be awesome um i'm really yeah. looking forward to the conversation and sigil dispatch freaks let's Let's be nice to Lionel, okay? Let's lead her to the path. We know she killed Bitcoin in the book. Let's not hold that against her. I love it. There was like a bunch of people that like, you have to ask her the question, like, why did Bitcoin die? It's like, of course I'm going to ask that question. <laughs> that would be fascinating. Have you, have you gotten any like pre-interview color from her, like her perspective? Like, Once, once I had the intro made, she was just all for it. She's in. She's excited. Hell yeah. I'm excited too. Yeah. The hard part was getting the actual intro. Like I had, I, I mean, the freaks now I've been trying for quite some time. Feels like years. Yeah. So looking forward to that. It, it'll be a good one. I'm, I'm curious just on her thoughts in general. Like, I mean, mandibles was written in 2016. Um, seven years later. Yeah. A lot, a lot has come true. I know because I've had the book read to me in, in snippets over the last two years over this podcast you got to read the book marty i know 13 hours audiobook or at least listen to the episode i'm definitely gonna listen to the episode i mean it's been i feel like i want to be doing my duty considering how big of a meme mandibles has become on this show if i didn't listen see, to the episode you see die did genesis the great said can we just rename rhr to mandy bros <laughs> maybe Maybe. Maybe we have to maybe one hyper bit post hyper bitcoinization when nobody needs to fall down the rabbit hole anymore. We'll just become a Mandy Bros podcast. That's like at least sixteen months away though. 
I mean, we're living it. We are. All right, let's jump into it. We got a lot going on this week. We had block seven hundred seventy-seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven pass. Were you uh, up? I was, no, I did not stay up. Marty, the mempool is still haven't cleared. Where are we came at? close. We came close. We've been hovering around like nineteen blocks. Currently at eleven started, blocks. Currently at eleven you, blocks. I saw you tweet at me when we got to three blocks left, saying easiest hundred k sats I'll ever I'll ever make. And then mempools filled up again. Yeah, we got Finch in the comments saying I got lucky. I will say we're on track for one of the largest difficulty adjustments in Bitcoin history. Um, if we get through this, this you know, I'm still tight. It's like uh, there's like 180 blocks, 180 blocks to go to the next difficulty adjustment. Well, if we if we shuffle over to Clark's dashboard, we'll see that there's actually 176 blocks until the next difficulty adjustment is estimated to be on the 24th, which is tomorrow, some point tomorrow night. Right now, it's estimated to be an upward adjustment of 11.4%. Blocks have been coming in at just under 9 minutes, at 8 minutes and 59 seconds on average since the last retarget. I made the same bet with Finch, too, so that's why he's uh, a little bit salty in the comments. Finch, we're in this together. Maybe we should take some side bets, get a little you bet? You want to bet on your rent? <laughs> bet on... Finch, no. I think your rent's going to go up. No, we had the uh, we had the Austin rent talk last week, and I, I don't want to to, <laughs> to better rent. Oh. Hopefully, your landlord's <laughs> listening. He's like, I'm definitely going to raise Marty's rent. I don't know, man. I actually saw a TikTok about Austin real estate yesterday. Not on TikTok; it came up on Twitter. But if you were to mortgage a house at the average price, which I believe is like 1.2 million dollars right now at seven percent, which is where the interest rates are your monthly rate would be seven thousand dollars, where the average rent is like around four thousand dollars for a house of commensurate value. So the thesis behind that is that the Austin real estate market has a ways to correct between that mortgage monthly payment and that that rent monthly payment. Who knows? Yeah, correct. rent should go up. Rent's lag. No, no the the value of the houses should come down. Yeah, that too. Yeah. But yeah, right now is like a special, it's a really nice window where you have like a much better bang for your buck renting in general. Yeah. Because rate, rates went up so quickly. Yeah. Speaking of like that, when you see with like real estate market in general, like everyone thinks it's a liquid market. It's a very illiquid market. And and on the way down, it gets very sticky. Like sellers, just liquidity dries up and like sellers just don't sell. Yeah. So it takes a while for prices to correct. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, we go into a mandible situation and then rates won't come back down in that situation. I mean, if you, if you look at hyperinflation economies, uh, like Argentina and whatnot, uh, you just can't get a loan, period, because like, what do you put your rate at if the, the money is, is losing its value um, at 15% a year or 20% a year? Um, yeah, you don't like want to get locked in at 10% when next year it's going to be 15%. Yeah. As a bank. So, a lot of, so a lot of times what you see is they'll denominate stuff in dollars, right? But what happens if it happens to the dollar? They start denominating then, in sats. Or gold, maybe I don't know. Like, can you get like a gold loan? I guess so. 
We're going to leapfrog, and I'm going to interrupt this part of the conversation because I have like an altest moment right now. We're currently at block height 778,000 on the dot. I got that in, and it just went to 7801. Thank God I got it in. Not a palindrome. Not a palindrome, but just a nice, even block height. I got it in. Sorry for the interruption, but agree. You're good. That will be a... It will be an interesting dynamic if it does come to play. And then also, I mean, I, I think investment real estate is a shit coin, but, uh, you know, Nick Offerman uh, was only able to stop the New World Order th- fucks because he, he owned his own own piece of property. So there's yeah. definitely a uh, a value in that. No, as a Bitcoiner wants to own land and is thinking of this dynamic at play right now with high interest rates seeing the potential for the sticker price of the the housing market to come down significantly but also seeing the alternative of things running away like if they run away the dollar's devaluing bitcoin's potentially gaining value beyond that that inflation rate like do you just wait it out spend less sets for the same house it's a difficult situation. It is. There's no easy answer. We won't find out until the day comes. I will say one more time, though, that... Uh, yeah, I wonder if, like, the... I said, well, we talked about it last last week, but I wonder if, like, this idea of, like, the fixed-rate mortgage goes away. Like, it's pretty crazy... Yeah, if you locked a mortgage in in June 2020 at like two for and a half for 30 years, yeah, like that just seems like not a market situation. Like that's not a real market situation. That's like fiat bullshit, right? Well, ideally, it would like in a market with a sound monetary good that's been widely adopted. That would make sense. The the mortgage rate would be locked in relatively low because you'd have some certainty over the purchasing power of the underlying collateral, which would be the Bitcoin. It'd be price and sats, though. Yeah. Fuck, man. Definitely don't want to mortgage price and sats. Not right now. Definitely not. That'd be horrible. Yeah. But on the other side of hyper-Bitcoinization, maybe it makes more sense. Borrowing Bitcoin. Dangerous game. For the lender or the borrower? For the for both, but for the borrower? If you borrow Bitcoin, convert to dollars. Yeah, for the borrower. If, you, if I borrow a Bitcoin from you, Marty, and tell you I have to pay you back a Bitcoin in 30 years. Yeah, good luck. That's definitely, a, <laughs> definitely the borrower. <laughs> but it's your problem too, because I need to pay you back. Yeah. It's both yeah. people's problems. Yeah. Well, more the lender in that case, because the borrower could know that they're not going to be able to pay it back, take it anyway. Because like, if you, you think know, about it, like... And the, the all, lender has no no like, repercussions down the, down the line. Or no, um, not repercussions. There are repercussions. The repercussion being that like the, bar, the lender is just, or the borrower is just going to be like, oh, sorry, don't have it. Yeah, so the lender is fucked. Yeah, the lender is fucked, yeah. 
Anyway, shower thoughts, freaks. Good shower thoughts to start this rip. Speaking of rips, the price of Bitcoin did rip up towards $25,000 earlier this week, but now it's currently sitting at 24,005 cuck bucks. One cuck buck's going to get you 4,166 sats. Current market capitalization of Bitcoin is 463.2 billion cuck bucks. We've had two blocks mined since uh, since block 778,000. And I saw some freaks in the comments saying, oh, it's been a half hour. Well, it just took two minutes to mine two blocks. So I guess in the BlockFi situation, people were lending their Bitcoin to DGENs. And the, the as the lender, they got fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Voyager, same with Celsius. Like all those yield products were essentially people lending their Bitcoin to DGENs. Yeah. And the DGENs coming back, you like, sorry, lost it all on Terra Luna. I'll see yep. you in. I'll see you in court. You're not going to get anything. I'll get a slap on the wrist. Where are we at next? We already mentioned the retarget. Now it's at 174 blocks. There are currently 3,859 transactions in Clark's mempool, which is not a lot. That could clear very quickly. One set. <laughs> one set per week. Once that for V-Byte transactions are being included in blocks, you are going to have to wait a bit, though. Uh, if you're in a hurry, want it in the next block, probably want to attach a 15 sat per V-Byte uh, fee to that transaction. But if you're willing to wait an hour, five sats per V-Byte will suffice. According to Clark's dashboard, there are currently 6,688.75 Bitcoin in unspent capacity on Samurai's Whirlpool, that is 160.4 million cuck bucks worth of unspent value. Keep coin joining, freaks. Keep those mempools full till the end of the year, at least. Yeah, Whirlpool's plateaued a bit, hovering below its all-time highs. I believe on this show is like 6,800-some-odd Bitcoin. Um, staying above six 680 right now. You think the fee market affected that at all? No. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because this is a different... I keep joking around on on Noster and Twitter, like, this time is different because it's a funny meme um, with, with mempools. But this time is a little bit different because uh, most of the NFT volume, right, is coming in at one sapper byte. It's just like sitting there in one sapper byte, right? So even though... Um, mempools haven't cleared. We haven't really seen that kind of, you know, FOMO, raise the fee, raise the fee, raise the fee, where you have like the circle feedback loop, circular feedback loop where where fees go up substantially. Um, and, and part of that reason, I believe part of that reason is because the DGENs haven't added, you know, replaced by fee or fee bumping or anything like that. So they don't really have efficient... Um, fee selection they're just spamming out one sat per bytes so for the most part for all this period i mean even if you had one sat per byte you probably would have already uh been in a block but at, at two sat per byte you would definitely get in yeah. um within like an eight hour period or something like that all right question for yeah. you so yeah. i don't so my point is so with coin joins like that's I, I i think the fee pressure on coin joins doesn't really start until maybe like it's a it's a personal choice, right? But maybe like forty, 
50 sats per bite starts to get spicy. Yeah. Quick question for you. How long do you think we'll be on air? Today? Right now? Yeah. How long do you want to be on air? Uh, maybe like an hour and 20 minutes. Okay, deal. All right, because there's only eight blocks left uh, <laughs> in the med pool. I thought you had an obligation. Should we make Should we make another 100,000 set bet? Am I doubling up right now? What, that it clears... It clears before alive. the end of the episode. Yeah, I'll hmm. I'll take that bet all day. It's not going to clear by the end of the episode. Hmm. What do you think, freaks? I'll I'll do yeah. that for however much you want to do it for. You want to do it for a million sats? No, definitely not a million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do a hundred k sats. It's not going to clear by yeah, the end let's of do, the episode. Let's do fifty. Let's do fifty thousand. Okay. Because I could lose this bet and still. Win fifty thousand sets. Okay. All right. I might Deal. Just shake. We'll shake on it. Shook. All right. Fifty thousand set bet. Set bet live on air. Um, and the freaks are spamming the the mempool. Now. <laughs> and we got Ronan Miner in the comments. Thank you, Ronan. Appreciate you. I'll send you twenty five k sets if you do it. <laughs> Fuck you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, here we go. Into the list. Starting off, important notice for anybody running uh, LND Hub and connecting that to Blue Wallet, they are mothballing that functionality. Wrong. What? Wrong. It's for people who are using the default Lightning Wallet on Blue Wallet. Uh, they are closing their custodial Lightning Wallet. If you're using your own LND Hub, you're good. If you're that's using what, your own Lightning node, you're good. That's but if my, you're, yeah, go they're on. shutting down their LND Hub. Yeah, when you open Blue Wallet and you press New Lightning Wallet, by default it uses their custodial Lightning Wallet. I think most freaks are aware of this. We've talked about it many times. You obviously have custodial risk. Um, they can rug pull you. They can take your money. But also, if uh, their node goes down, you can't make payments. Um, they're shutting down that aspect. Um, so if you are using their Lightning Wallet in default mode, um, which most people are, you should move your funds ASAP. They said they're going to shut down April 30th. Um, in the meantime, they're not allowing you to add funds to it. Um, but uh, regardless, don't wait till April 30th. Do it today. Move your funds out. Um, yeah. yeah. April 30th, so you have... Two months and seven days. Two months and five days. I will say, as as someone who spends a lot of time in education, uh, the fact that their Lightning wallet by default was custodial uh, made it very difficult to recommend the wallet, even though it's all around a fantastic open source wallet that's available on both uh, Android and iPhone. And it's because like it, it adds an extra level of nuance, right? You have to be like, okay, download this. But if you use the lightning portion, it's custodial. But if you're on the on-chain portion, it's not custodial. But you can use your own node where it's not just like it, it makes it much more confusing. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that uh, it will streamline that process. It will make it easier for me to recommend Blue Wallet. Um, but in general, I mean... This is this is a real risk. This is this this idea that people are using custodial wallets on Lightning. Many many people are. Um, we you know Wallet of Satoshi is custodial, and it's it's 
probably by far the it's hard to measure, but it's probably by far the most popular um, mobile lightning wallet right now. Um, that is a major risk, right? Custodial custodians are a trusted third party. Um, they can take your money at will. They see all your transactions. They're they're a privacy counterparty. Um, so they can see all your transactions. They can get pressured by governments to add KYC um, or freeze your funds. And uh, it's a major risk. And I, I, I do wonder if this means, you know, I wonder what this means for Wallet of Satoshi. I wonder what Wallet of Satoshi is thinking right now. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, in the blog post where they announced this sunsetting, they end it with, this may sound like bad news, but this essentially means Blue Wallet going forward will only support self-custody solutions. This is good for Bitcoin and Blue Wallet users, but the uh, the tinfoil hat part of me is like, was there some pressure on the back end? You know, it's a massive liability to run these custodial lightning services. Like you have to have, you know, if, if you're willing to take on that liability, like you have to have a, you know, proper processes in place. Um, and you have to at least hope that your fees are set in a way that you're, you're making enough money to justify that liability because you become a massive target uh, for specifically the U S government. I mean, the U S government uh, loves themselves some KYC AML policies, right. And they, they'll go around the world They'll go to the Seychelles to, you know, get the BitMEX guys for for offering custodial services without KYC. So we've seen time and time again these custodial services either get forced by regulators to implement KYC. They do it because they hired some lawyers that convinced them to do it. Um, we've seen countless people get rugged. I mean, Marty's talked – we've talked about in the past, like, MinPal, Cripsy, like – the it's a it's it's a tale as old as time, but it's also a tale as old as Bitcoin. Uh, custodial counterparties, Bitrex, uh, Shapeshift, all of them. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Like, come find me in the Seychelles, uh, Arthur Hayes. Found out the hard way that they, they will come find you in the Seychelles. Oh, Carlos has a good point. Um, it's not necessarily. <laughs> self-custody only because you can set a separate L&D hub custodial partner uh, in Blue Wallet if you put in some a custodian's uh, L&D hub. So he's talking about how he's using Albi as his custodian, but he's interfacing with it through Blue Wallet. But I will say if it's not default, that is the big difference here is when you download it, if you press add lightning wallet, presumably it's going to ask you to provide some node information, whether that's LND hub. I know they want to integrate LDK. I don't know how that's going. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is, it's going to be a little bit different going forward. If, if you're recommending blue wallet, you won't have to necessarily know, you don't have to necessarily warn people that, um, by default, the lightning wallet is custodial. We also saw, was it drop it? Um, drop it had a custodial lightning wallet in the early days of lightning. Uh, their founder got caught up in a custodial mixing service he was running, and the, the government just seized all the custodial lightning funds. Uh, everyone got rug pulled at the same time. So, I yeah, I, I do wonder. That was a, I, even Bottle Pay. Yeah, go on. Had a sim, not, they didn't get rug, but. Bottle Pay was proactive about it. Yeah. And I think they did it, they did it probably similar to. It could be comparable to Blue Wallet. I, I think they did it in a, a the most responsible way possible, which is you give users a time to withdraw and then you shut down the service. 
Um, and then before Bottle Pay added KYC, we've talked about this in the past, but before Bottle Pay added KYC, they basically created a whole new platform, waited six months, and then people could choose to onboard again with KYC rather than shotgun KYCing people, which is what we've seen like Binance does the shotgun KYC, where like you have a non-KYC account and then they just hold your funds hostage, point a shotgun at your head and say, give us intimate personal information, otherwise you can't get your funds, um, yeah. which is particularly brutal. Yeah. And there's multiple reasons these different companies may do that. Uh, number one reason is probably pressure from governments to get to a certain size, and the government's like, "Hey, you need you need some we need some information on your users." Another speculative reason why they would do this is they actually don't have the reserves that they say they do. So they'll shotgun KYC on you to slow down yep. the withdrawal process, um, which many people believe some some bigger exchange may be engaged in um so yeah it's it's not one one reason why they would do this there's many reasons solvency regulatory blah 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 well anyway um i would also say that if you're using wallet as satoshi um, or any other custodial service you should consider withdrawing the majority of your funds uh the thing i constantly hear from people is oh i just use wallet as satoshi with a minimal amount of money it doesn't matter if i get rugged um, you know, maybe that's a reasonable trade-off for you that, you, you know, you're, you're an individual, you can make that decision yourself. Um, but I think that's a little bit of a cop-out. I mean, I've seen so many people in the global South get onboarded onto Wallet of Satoshi. Uh, $7 might be a lot for them, right? Uh, 35,000 sats might be a, a lot of money for them. And I, you could see that growing, right? Like, oh, next thing you know, they have, you know, $100. They have, you know, $200 in there. They have a million sats, right? That's what two... $230 in there. And then that's a significant portion of their savings. Um, and I'm, I continue to be very concerned that we will have uh, the entire global South rug pulled at the same time with Wallet of Satoshi. And that, that says nothing about their operators. I've, everything about their operators have, have seemed to point to them operating in high integrity. Uh, but that doesn't really matter. They could be pressured. Uh, they could get hacked. Um, but of course they could exit scam. Uh, so people should be concerned about that. And then I also, um, after doing this podcast for over four and a half years, every week, I can, in my head, uh, think of what people are saying as I say things in response to me. And I know you are <laughs> thinking right now, well, Matt, like, why are you so bullish on fediments? Fediments are inherently custodial. Yes. I agree. That is true. That is a trade-off with Fediments. But the thing is with Fediments is they are multi-sig custodians. So the custodial risk is reduced. You could have a multi-sig custodian where different signers are in different parts of the world. You have jurisdictional arbitrage there, right? Different jurisdictions will have to pressure the signers individually to all come together to collude to take the funds or freeze the funds. Second of all, with Fediments, you have privacy from the custodians, which you don't have in these current custodial wallets. And third, and last but not least, no matter how many times I warn people about Wallet of Satoshi custodial risk, they still use it. That doesn't actually improve anything, right? Like most people will still use the most convenient option. So if you have the most convenient option being Fediments instead of uh, single SIG custodians, then at least you have an actionable situation where, you know, the majority of people who end up choosing the, the most convenient option choose one that has better trust trade-offs than the current custodian relationships that we have today. Yeah. I mean, there's a spectrum here. 
on this end. Yeah. You have full KYC lightning apps, like Strike River in one step, Wallet of Satoshi, another step, you get something like Fediment on this end of the spectrum. You have you running your full Bitcoin protocol node with a lightning node on top of it where you're managing your channels. So getting closer to this end of the spectrum is well, in between approval. those is like Phoenix. Phoenix, then you have like a Voltage. Where Phoenix, where you're like trusting an LSP, right? There's still trust based there, but at least you're holding your own keys locally. Um, but but you you're trusting their node and you're trusting them as an LSP. They're providing you all your liquidity. Um, like Moon is sandwiched in there somewhere, where like they're not actually. You can pay a Lightning invoice and you can receive from Lightning, but everything is an on-chain swap and it's momentarily custodial before the swap happens. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of different levels. Different notches on the spectrum. Mm. But agree. Fediments are certainly closer to the most sovereign end of the spectrum than something like Wild Satoshi. And then within Fediments, there's gonna be a bunch of different levels, right? So like like we could do like an Uncle Jim Fediment, right? Where it's just like me, Marty, and Logan are the two of three signers of the Fediment, and then like our families use it, right? And then we know, like, as long as, you know, Marty and Logan don't collude, my family won't get rug pulled. Um, or you could have, like, a massive fediment that's, you know, run by large entities located around the globe, maybe yeah. exchanges, maybe something like that. So there'll be different levels within fediments as well. Logan, will we rug pull Matt's family if we had the chance? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Very convincing. I I wouldn't. We're gonna we're gonna rug pull your family, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Marty are gonna collude and take your family's generational wealth. No, but then uh, again, with the Fediments too. Yeah, like Matt said, you'll have these very public institutions saying, "Hey, we're the guardians of this Fediment." Um, but hypothetically, you could have a Fediment spun up completely a non. You do out of band communications with the individuals you want in the mint and. Nobody knows who the guardians are or the people in the mint. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be different levels. Yeah. So be aware, freaks. If you're running Blue Wallet, you have until April 30th to... Uh, withdraw today. Withdraw, yeah. Sooner the better. I'm going to have to get to just, that. Just withdraw today. Yeah. We also saw there was another custodial wallet run by uh, Fiat Jaff, LNTX bot. Um and he's still trying to unwind it. Like these things are like very difficult to unwind and get people's funds out. And he's been having liquidity issues to unwind it. Um, so you want to you want to do it early. You don't want to you don't want to wait. Yeah. Be proactive, because that was like remember, like the first go at this was Change Tip, back in the day. Yeah, they got a, they got aqua hired by Airbnb, <laughs> which is the funniest aqua hire ever. Is Airbnb just sitting on the change change tip code? I love change tip. Change tip was so fun. I love trolling celebrities with change tip. Those were the good old days of Twitter too. At change tip, send uh, this Bitcoin hater a beer. Twitter's crazy, man. Like, I don't know. I just he it's it. Their priorities are just so. It just it everything is just prioritized around these KYC blue check people. Um, yeah, I'm refusing to 
KYC and get the blue check. And I don't know if I'm being punished with spam bots because of that or the spam bot problem just has not been fixed. But it did seem like it was fixed for at least like a week or two. And now like I, I don't think it was fixed. I think the spam bots just stopped for a little bit. Might have been the case. But I, I literally can't even. Notifications are completely useless part of the app for me right now. It's just all spam. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of like, uh, I mean, the algorithm is like completely shifted to just favor, you know, make favorites of blue check people. Um, like blue check people can now write longer tweets. They now added, they added their own shit coin that doesn't use a blockchain or anything called Twitter coins. Yeah, I guess um, we have that on that, the list. Is that blue check only? Can you only receive your shit coins if you're a blue check? I don't know. Twitter started in here. Pull up the, uh, the tweets. You know, what, you know the real commentary on Twitter coins? It should be Twitter coin because the plural of coin is coin. No, it's not. He <laughs> <laughs> had me. He almost had me there. Uh, so Tree of Alpha, I don't know if he got access to this or is ripping the screenshot, but it's a screenshot of a function in Twitter called coins. Coins allow you to support creators who tweet great content. Unused coins are kept in your balance. Twitter started adding packs for Twitter coins. As of 10 minutes ago, the first pack showing is 150 coins for 199. And the only current purchasing option is via Stripe. At first I thought it was an April Fool's joke because Noster recently integrated sats. Um, so you can zap sats to people. Uh, if if you if you like their content, if you like their posts, you can you can instantly send them sats through the Lightning Network, um, and then Twitter rolls out this. They should just have integrated sats instead. But once again, I'm just glad we have Noster as an alternative um, because I I'm pretty sure Twitter's dead. It's just not really priced in yet. Like people, it'll take it'll take a little bit for people to realize that Twitter has already gone through its blockbuster moment and it's completely irrelevant like it's going to take a little bit more time but we're close yeah a couple years i mean twitter i mean been a lot of nostra talk in the comments this week mutiny boy is very bullish miles snyder from collider is very bullish i'm very bullish we've got some bearish members of the commons i will not name them by name but who knows? Can you Nostra. still access the Noster on the Commons Wi-Fi network, or do they block that like BTC Pay server? No, you can, BTC Pay server is not <laughs> blocked anymore. You can get on Noster as well. Um, all For the now. clients, all the clients. But yeah, let's let's run with a theoretical future in which Noster does wildly succeed and scale and flourish. Like these Twitter coins thing is like, it's like laughable. Like having had the, the zap experience on Noster and seeing them implement this is like, huh, you're so antiquated. Like I'd rather just paste an Ellen address in my profile and receive immediately instead of having this clunky experience yeah. of putting in my credit card information, getting coins, and then all that bullshit. Yeah, it reads like an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Um, of course. You know, the steel man is that most people on Nostra right now are using custodial lightning wallets uh, to receive the lightning payments. But at least, you know, there's nuance here. At least it's part of an open monetary network and people can withdraw at will and they can choose which custodians they want to use. Um, and hopefully, 
lightning tools improve, so most people will end up using self-custody. Um, but it needs to be more convenient. I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I, the freaks know I go back and forth on wh- how bullish I am on lightning. Um, but I'm the first one to admit always that using lightning in a self-sovereign fashion is not incredibly easy right now particularly using with lightning addresses. Like the easiest way to use it with lightning addresses is running a BTC pay server. Um, but a lot of people don't want to run a BTC pay server just to receive a thousand sats, 5,000 sats and tips, uh, which I, I, it's hard to blame them for that, right? Like whether they're going to run a BTC pay server, manage their liquidity, open lightning channels um, to receive $5. Uh, it, it's just most people will not do that. It's just, it is what it is. It's not defeatist. It's, it's pragmatic and realistic. Um, so, so as the tooling improves, hopefully we'll have more people um, move to self-custody. I would love to see Bolt 12 get implemented. I think that will help a lot. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that sentiment. And it's hard not to be, I mean, just for me, us personally, like it's hard not to be bullish on the Lightning Network, consider considering how much it's been integrated into this show, Citadel Dispatch, TFTC, um, other areas that we're working in. Like I see, I see it work every day. I use Lightning every day. There's certain utility there. The question is whether or not it will be sufficiently distributed and censorship resistant in the future due to the natural centralizing factors that exist because of the burden of setting up that node and managing that liquidity that exists. Finch, uh, I see you in the comments. Why don't you put a link there and I'll put it in the show notes. But Finch is saying that um, his favorite way to set up a, a sovereign lightning address is using TallyCoin Connect plus Raspi Blitz plus LND. If it's, I mean, if you don't have to run a BTC pay server, that's a, a massive one. Yeah. Uh, if, if Finch, if you're running your Raspberry Blitz tour only at home, um, how does it handle that? How do you handle the clear net access? Um, that, that would be my question, but, uh, well, we wait for Finch to, oh, we have BTC pin saying Umbral plus Allen bits is an option. I, I have the same question. If you're, if you don't have clear net exposed, how do you handle that? Sorry, Jevy, continue, Marty. Jevy saying even running a BTC pay server isn't super convenient in a self-sovereign way. I know that. Yeah, most of us just use Voltage. Just use Voltage, slap the, the button. Yeah, we don't use Voltage. We do use a cloud service, but I don't run the node at my house because I don't trust my Wi-Fi. You don't trust your Wi-Fi, Marty? No. I've got kids that unplug shit all the time. <laughs> Oh yeah, for the show, I I feel that. I mean, <laughs> I I think I told the freaks that I I wasn't receiving sat streaming on Citadel Dispatch for a week because my node was offline. Do we ever find out who stole stole your your original Noddle node? They were just great people. They Very kept people. they kept they kept fees low. They kept channels open. Very good thief. Very good thief. Uh, Philip Rizzo, Marty got a sunburn. Man's been eating seed oils. Not true. I do have a sunburn. Have not been eating many seed oils. I've tried to cut them out of my diet, but I've also started commentating lacrosse games out in the sun in the Texas heat. Baseball. That's awesome. 
Oh, so that's what you meant by your final thought? Sports commentary is difficult? It is. I had my second uh, game last night. It's difficult, but it's fun. I'm getting good feedback. How do you... Is it like local commentary? Like you have a speaker or something? I have a lapel microphone live stream on YouTube. It's fun though. Wait, there's a YouTube stream? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How do we find it on YouTube? I tweeted it out. Unchained tweeted it out. Well, uh, the Anderson uh, Anderson High School lacrosse team. If you nice. guys want to hear my lacrosse takes. It's a, good little, it's a good little release for me. Let's make it back to some of the other things I'm passionate about in my life. Beyond family and Bitcoin. Interesting. Um, what was I going to say? I think I had something to add here, but I forget what it is. We'll go into the next topic, which is a pretty big one. And uh, I think concerning is the right word. Would you preface this? Marco Falk stepping down as a maintainer. Seven years, man. This guy is, you know, absolute legend. Huge shout out to Marco. We appreciate you. Um, he's based in Europe. He hasn't really, I linked to no bullshit Bitcoin because it's his account is private on Twitter, but he tweeted it out. Um, you want to read what he said here? He had a three tweet thread. It said, I've been the quality assurance and testing maintainer of Bitcoin core for about seven years now In a challenging decision. I concluded to transition out of my role as maintainer. I remain passionate about open source and Bitcoin. And I'm positive about the future. However, being a maintainer is no longer a good fit for me personally. I'm happy about my achievements and recognize that they would not have been possible without my sponsors. I'm grateful for OKCoin, having supported three out of my seven years as a maintainer, and Paradigm, having co-sponsored the last grant. Yeah, so, um, so there's still four Bitcoin uh, core maintainers, uh, Michael Ford, um, Stepanov, Andrew Chow and Gloria Zhao. Um, so that there's still people maintaining Bitcoin Core. And and you can think of like, for the non-devs out there, you can think of a maintainer as kind of like the QB of the operation, right? They're the ones who are kind of pulling all the pieces together, handling like reviews and, and merges. And they, they have like super user admin access um, in terms of, of actually merging new uh, changes. Um, now with Bitcoin, there's nuance there. Obviously, there's no auto updates with Bitcoin, so individual node runners have to then go and actually update their nodes. Um, so this is where people that think like devs have control over Bitcoin are wrong because each of us have to go and actually update our nodes uh, manually. Um, we can inspect the code. We can choose if we want to update or not. Uh, we can choose to fork it, right? If we if if we want to go in a different route than than the maintainers are, are currently going in. Um, with this situation, he hasn't said it explicitly, probably intentionally, but he is based in Europe. And uh, the guy parading around pretending to be Satoshi, uh, Craig Wright, is, is currently suing developers uh, for liability. And I, I have a feeling, I, like I'm not sure um, if this is why, but I, I'm pretty sure that that is why. Uh, it's because CSW is going after him and other developers. So um, this is an alarming situation. People should be concerned. Hopefully some of the developers that are leaving uh, publicly and officially are, are just going to come back under a, a, a NIM or a different NIM. But um, 
it's not a good situation. But alternatively, if it's just his own personal decision, complete respect. You've done your service. You've done your tours of duty. We appreciate you, Marco. It's often a thankless job. Um, so thank you. But I'm pretty sure CSW is behind the scenes fucking with all of them. Yeah. Thank you, Marco, for your time. Fuck you, Craig Wright. Feel safe saying that here in the United States. But again, going back to the four remaining maintainers, I mean, three of the four are relatively young. Yes. Glo Gloria, Michael, and Andrew are all in their early to mid-20s, which is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. And Hanadi. I don't know how old Stepanov is. Just looking at his profile. I mean, sorry, Hanadi, if I'm... He looks a bit older than his 20s. Um, yeah, very interesting. So we, we lost Marco. Um, Peter Wola obviously transitioned out. Um, Vladimir transitioned out last year as well. Those are those three particularly have been around for a while, and that like engages the debate. Like, is this healthy? This sort of cycling of maintainers. Um, any yeah, other debate is that healthy, or is like a somewhat forceful cycling due to litigious actions that are happening over in Europe. What does that mean? I mean, for the first point, I think it's, it's, it's important that we have for a project as important as Bitcoin, um, where the stakes are as high as Bitcoin, a global distributed censorship resistant financial protocol that's independent of governments and corporations. Um, you don't want, you, you, you want, a decent amount of maintainers, right? You want you want a group of maintainers. You don't just want like one person with with that power. Um, so you, you you want a stable of them, and you want it to be healthy enough that any individual ones can leave and pursue their own life goals, priorities without the project suffering. Um, so in that regard, it's healthy. Uh, on the flip side, obviously having veteran maintainers around, particularly with young young maintainers, new maintainers there that are kind of like a mentor mentee relationship is super valuable. And if we have uh, a fraud who's going around pressuring those people, um, that is not healthy and is a, is a major concern and is a major problem. Um, but unfortunately for better or worse, like the reason Bitcoin exists in the first place is because the current incentives of our society are completely broken and the foundational elements of our society are are corrupt. And as a result, uh, people that are malicious or don't like Bitcoin are able to weaponize those elements um, against Bitcoiners and our, our fantastic open source contributors and maintainers. And, and that, that is kind of what we're witnessing right now. Um, being a NIM contributor helps here. Uh, having contributors... Uh, geographically distributed helps here. Uh, we have the benefit of both of those things uh, to a degree. Hopefully, we see more of that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's mostly something. It's mostly a be aware, freaks, uh, yeah. kind of topic. But and moving back to the mentor mentee comment that you made, even though a lot of these maintainers 
who have been around for a while and are recognized as gray beards who really understand Bitcoin, but not only that, like the hardcore cryptography and the nature of the distributed system that, that Bitcoin is attempting to preserve moving forward, even though they're not officially maintainers, that mentor-mentee relationship can probably exist in some fashion, just not publicly. Yeah, that's why there's nuance to all this. Yeah. So shout out to the four maintainers that remain. I imagine um, there will be some discussion in the coming months about replacing Marco. I think they do want to have at least five maintainers as a, as a project at any point in time. So Marco leaving on, uh, obviously is going to need a replacement. And so we'll be on the lookout to see discussion around that and who's, who is, um, I don't know who is put forth to replace Marco. Yeah. I mean, we also have John Delaney in the comments mentioning that, you know, when you bring in new developers, uh, particularly as maintainers, they can be spooks. I mean, that is obviously a concern uh, with open source projects. That's why you want to have many eyes on the code. Um, so individuals don't have as much power uh, because they are checked by that verification. Um, I, I think the bigger concern is really um, fear. The bigger sticking your neck out there to actually be a maintainer. Well, I mean, that is one. I mean, the bigger concern is, is Bitcoin's a very unique project, right? With very unique trade-offs operating in a very adversarial environment. And there's something to be said about people who, you know, have been around for a long time uh, contributing to, to, the, to the Bitcoin project, uh, staying around and, and being a guiding, guiding force, a guiding light there. Uh, because it is, you know, very different. And the stakes are very high compared to many other open source projects. Yeah, it's very mentally taxing for these developers if you've ever spoken with them. It really does add a lot of stress to their lives because the, the weight of the importance of Bitcoin and what it means for the future really weighs on these individuals. Yeah, That's and often like the lack of funding, the lack of thanks, um, these things all weigh in on it. Um, yeah. We lost Carl Dong, too. Yeah, we did. Another legend. Wasn't a maintainer, but a very elite contributor to the project. Yeah. Yeah. At least he still runs uh, his Lightning proxy service so I can re-up on Mulvad credits with Lightning. VPN.sovereign.engineering. Shout out to you for continuing to maintain that, Carl. Yeah, no, I mean, late TFTC shill, James O'Byrne and I covered this topic second half of that episode from a month or two ago. Yeah, it's, it's a hard discussion. There's no clear. I have him in the list because he uh, formally proposed uh, OP vault, op vault. Are we doing um, speedy trial again? I really don't like speedy trial. Neither do I. Um. But this is a perfect example, right? So, like, he has this opvolt proposal, and now he needs to kind of champion it out to the global community. 
And it's a very stressful, high stakes kind of situation. Most people will not want to champion something. Um, we're already seeing a lot of pushback, particularly there's a lot of regret over Taproot by people, um, including people that push tap through, Taproot through, which is, of course, ironic, but the internet never forgets. Um, did you and James talk about OpVault on... Uh, oh, yeah. It was like the first... Pod? The whole first half of the conversation. So for yeah, any freaks yeah, who are unaware of what OpVault is... Um, so the concept of vault is basically you set preconditions to spending certain Bitcoin to certain destinations. There's been many iterations of vaults throughout the past. Um, Brian Bishop had uh, a, has a vault um, architecture live, but it's not ideal because you have to have all these pre-signed transactions. And if you lose those pre-signed transactions, you can't actually spend the Bitcoin. So there's no real fault tolerance there. Uh, Jeremy Rubin similarly has this proposal for OpCTV. It's not vault specific, but the covenants that would be included with OpCTV would enable vaults. But many people think that OpCTV is like too much all at once. Uh, and James, who has been passionate about vaults for some time now, thinks it would add a lot of security to individuals holding Bitcoin and enterprises who are dealing with Bitcoin it creates a, a sort of fail safe where if a malicious actor gets access to your private keys, you have time to sweep the Bitcoin to an address that you control. So it creates this uh, cold storage. Specifically like a, a pre-chosen address, right? So like yes. you have your, if, if you notice your, your cold storage or whatever wallet, is is being drained is being hacked um there's a delay that's built into it and you have time to essentially divert those funds instead of going to the hackers wallet to go to your other wallet that you've already predetermined yeah so you just sign during that delay period it uses um uh so end time lockup a certain function where you can lock up for a certain amount of blocks between the initial signing of the transaction when it's actually sent, if you didn't sign that initial transaction, you have time between uh, the amount of blocks you put in that lockup period to sign another transaction that sends it to a wallet that you control. With OpVault particularly, um, just comparing it to Jeremy Rubin's CTV proposal, OpVault is very narrow compared to CTV, just wants to get Vault functionalities in, um, which a lot of people seem to like that it has a lot of focus so you want narrow updates because when you have larger updates, uh, it's hard to comprehend what potential, uh, what happens with those updates, like how, how those affect the network, how they affect the protocol. Do, do we maintain censorship resistance? Does it add new bugs? Um, so when possible, uh, focused improvements or focused changes, because improvements is kind of the eye of the beholder, uh, are better than large sweeping changes. Yes. So OpVault um, improves on Brian Bishop's uh, vault construction because uh, or you have less likelihood of losing the backups uh, and not being able to spend the Bitcoin. It has an improvement on the potential vault implementation of OpCTV because it also has fee flexibility. You can change the fees at the time that you spend 
um, to make sure that your transaction will actually get included in a block at the mempool is full and the fee environment is different um, in the future compared to when you actually constructed the vault. Um, long story short, this is a proposal. I personally like it. I would like to see it. Uh, it does need a, sop, a soft fork to enable two op, col, op codes, excuse me, op vault and op unvault. Um, and so James this week uh, presented uh, an activation path for this on the mailing list. Uh, and it seems like, again, going back to Taproot SegWit, we have these activation methods for how you actually signal between full nodes, miners, and other actors in the space that, okay, we do want this, we want it included, we will run the code that enables up vault and up unvault. Um, and speedy trials, what we use for Taproot. And there are many individuals in the, the space who don't think speedy trial is the best way to do it. I think so, I would raise my hand and say, I don't like it either. So Bitcoin's a distributed network. We don't have auto updates. If you had auto updates, that'd be an attack vulnerability um, because you could do an update that hurts Bitcoin and hurts Bitcoin stakeholders, right? So you don't have auto updates. So we have this distributed network with stakeholders around the world with different priorities. How do you make changes? How do you make breaking changes, right? How do you do soft forks? How do you do hard forks? Well, we don't really do hard forks. Um, we haven't in a while. Uh, we might have to do one eventually, but the, how do you activate it? Right. How do you actually roll out this change to the network? Speedy trial was something proposed, uh, during taproot. It's what was used to activate taproot. And the idea is basically, oh, this isn't really that contentious of a change. Um, most stakeholders should support it. Uh, so what we will do is we will hand it off to the miners and as long as a certain threshold of the miners signal that they have updated and they're ready for the change, um, the change proceeds. Now, where's the concern there? The concern there is miners don't and should not control Bitcoin. Uh, they should not control Bitcoin consensus. Speedy trial essentially puts, it gives, it gives the miners an option where the miners, if they want to push through a change, have a lot of power um, to get that change through. And they also have a very strong veto power if they don't want to push that change through. Um, in speedy trial, if, if the miners go along with a change, uh, node operators essentially have to do a, a UASF, a user-activated soft fork, and, and attempt to actively block the change. Um, which is difficult. It's always more difficult to actively, um, actively update your nodes to, to stop something from happening like uh, Marty's man in the coma situation, right? Um, if you're in a coma and speedy trials going through, uh, whatever the miners decide is what happens and you're in a coma and you just kind of go along with it. Yeah. Um, so that's basically, there's, there's more nuance to it than that, but that's basically, um, that that's that's basically the concerns around speedy trial. It gives it, it essentially gives miners too much power. Um, so Jay Bird is yeah, asking. There's the no easy answer here. There's no like easy option when no. when it comes to these things. No. So Jay Bird is asking, how can you not like speedy trial? It literally is the no drama option 
that fails fast if there is drama. And I don't know if that's the case, considering like the power that the miners have within the speedy trial activation method. And this was something that was thrown around post taproot when people were mad that speedy trial was used that I think I may lean towards and agreeing with, which is maybe we should have like a different activation method every time we do one of these consensus changes, because if you normalize one activation method, maybe it could be used as an attack vector to get something merged that would be bad for the network. You can develop ways to socially attack that activation method. Yeah, I mean, he, Jay also said it's the no drama option. It fails fast if there's drama. Um, if there's no drama, then it gets updated. But I would say that's the, if there's no drama among miners. Um, so it's like kind of devs plus miners. I don't know. Like I said, there's no easy answer here. Um, it's a, It's always a messy situation. It's not a, it's uncharted territory really. Yeah, there was a healthy, healthy back and forth. Maybe it wasn't so healthy, but um, James, and Francis, Pulat, and uh, from Bull Bitcoin and others were going back and forth about speedy trial and other activation. Can methods. we pull that up? What 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 do they say? I unfortunately they must have done this on Twitter because I did not see it on Noster. <sighs> Let me find it. Um. But yeah, that's the current. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel um, in general, except that. Um, I mean, you can look back on the tweets I, and you can look back in RHR. Like I with Taproot, I, it didn't sit right with me how quick. It was just kind of like pushed through. Um, and I'm still not sold and I'm definitely going to get accused of FUD for this. I'm still not sold like this idea of soft forks that they're like optional. And like, if you don't go along with them, you're fine. And you could just keep using the network as it's like, yeah, obviously it, it, the node still does work, <laughs> but um, if you don't update to taproot, you won't see any taproot transactions. Um, if most of the network moves to PTLCs for lightning, you won't see those transactions. Uh if you know like if 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 that's the case if soft forks are you know uh fine for users that don't want to change then why is everyone complaining about inscriptions just don't update taproot um you won't see most of that data yeah we got the thread up here francis said another soft fork opvault has just been proposed with activation by speedy trial are you fucking kidding me and then when I saw what I was referencing, I don't think Francis entered this conversation, but James quote tweeted that for the record, I don't really care about activation me mechanism makes no difference to me. And then you can see under that Shinobi uh, and others are signaling that um, they're not too fond of, of speedy trial either. Scroll down. What happens next? James says, I really don't understand the beef with speedy trial. It's like, if everyone wants to activate this, let's just do it. It doesn't remove anyone's ability to object to a soft fork. Shout out to the Doctor Who meme. GIF. I've never seen that movie. It's a show. That show. On BBC. 
It's great. Yeah. It's it's a legendary show. Um, yeah, I always well, notice least, the uh, the drip coming off of his nose. It's very good. Um, yeah, I look. I I think it's good that we're having this conversation because we haven't we did not have this conversation for Taproot. Open discussion is important. I do not pretend to be an authority. Do not trust anything I say on this fucking show. Definitely do not trust Marty. And, <laughs> what the fuck? I, <laughs> um, and I just open discussion is very important, and and we should have this discussion before we like rapidly push things through. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we'd both don't trust either <laughs> of us. That's what I said. <laughs> no, but not especially. Maybe we were both pumping Taproot. We'll put our hands up here. I think Speedy Trial too. Well, you can check back the tapes. What were we saying? What were you saying back then? I just like I didn't have you know I I didn't really understand what was going on, right? I like tried my best. Yeah, that's the so, hard like we thing couldn't about under, this. we couldn't understand the implications. No, we couldn't foresee Barack um, breaking L and D with a 998 of 999 multisig or something like that. I don't have the uh yeah. the cryptographic chops to discern that from these types of but, upgrades. But that is like the one of the hardest parts is the activation mechanisms. Yeah. There's no obvious activation method. So the conversation starts. Should be said, I think that's the most controversial part of Vault Vault again, since James has designed a very narrow upgrade. But again, who am I to discern whether or not there's some edge cases that could add some negative if, externalities? But it seems yeah, so on the surface to, to be pretty, pretty narrow. It's a way. Well it's defined. a way simpler change than Taproot was. Yeah. Um, if I recall correctly. I lost a bet because I thought Taproot wasn't going to get activated. I paid HRF, remember? I thought it was going to take away. I, or at least I didn't think it was going to get activated as quickly. And I had to pay HRF because I lost that bet with you. They um, donated to open source contributors. Yeah, that was a million sat bet. So it caught me off guard a little bit how quickly it got pushed through. Yeah. Um, do we have another hour yeah. in us, do you think? I think we have another hour. You're just going to just push this episode until mempools still don't clear and then finally give up and go back home to your family? We'll be here until August. <laughs> Six blocks. Six blocks, according to mempool, is the backup. It's going to fucking clear like an hour after we, we wrap up. Don't worry. If, if it does clear before the difficulty adjustment, I will uh, double down next episode. Of... All right. Be aware about OpVault. We have uh, a link to the proposal in the show notes. Again, if you haven't been paying attention to what's going on there, record an episode with James on TFTC and go watch that. We go into it. He's been on a few other podcasts as well. Stefan's, he's on Bitcoin Review. I don't know if they were talking about OpVault there. Have you had, you haven't, you had him on Dispatch recently, but did you guys talk about OpVault? Who? James. I haven't had him on dispatch recently. Uh, I should have him on again. 
I'm getting confused with uh, Bitcoin review then. Um, yeah, no, he was on uh, he was on MVK show. Yeah, MVK loves Opvault. I do too. I mean, again, the way it's described, if it works as described, it would be a massive improvement to cold storage security. Yeah, I mean, it logically follows. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to have that feature set. James is marketing it as, like, there'll never be an exchange hack again. And he's also marketing it as, like, the anti-$5 wrench attack, which, by the way, like, $5 wrenches don't exist anymore. You have to pay at least $12 for a wrench. <laughs> um, mandibles. But, uh, the, yeah, like, if, a $5 wrench attack, you can think of it that as that situation, right? Someone comes in robs you in your house you're not using geographically distributed multi-sig they make you sign a transaction you send it to their wallet they leave and then because you used op fault you're able to then sweep it to a wallet you control rather than the hacker's wallet yeah or the robber's wallet material improvement to to cold storage um we mentioned earlier that devs often go thankless i'd like to thank james for all his hard work, putting it into and this. And also, to be clear, um, yeah, huge shout out to James. He's on the board with me at OpenSats. Um, also doesn't get paid for that. Doesn't get paid to be a core dev. Um, good dude. Appreciate you. We're lucky to have you in Bitcoin. Um, I, 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 to be clear, <laughs> once again, um, I'm still glad we did Taproot, and I uh, I was positively for Taproot um, at the time. I just I still don't. Uh, I was I I I think I was clear that I didn't love the activation method, but I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. No, recalling uh, now, I think you were. <laughs> I think you were a bit apprehensive on speedy trial. Um, but yeah. Either way, everyone should learn from this. We should have open discussion on all this shit. Um, but yeah, be aware. I, 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 to this, if I could pull back Taproot right now, press a button, take back Taproot, I wouldn't do it. Neither would I. Because um, Matt's a big. I'm glad we have it. <laughs> Matt's been dropping inscriptions in the back. You should see all the inscriptions Marty made. He's nodding yes. He made a lot of inscriptions. <laughs> On to uh, more encouraging news and from the political sphere here in the United States. Rep. Tom Emmer. There was another co-signer from Minnesota, correct? Or no, he's from Minnesota, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't follow politics. Um, he's the majority whip. Is he, He's like the head of Congress mm -hmm. for the Republicans. Is that... Is that correct? Yes. So he did this anti-CBDC bill, and that's what we're reporting on. Yeah. Today I introduced the CBDC Anti-Surveillance State Act to halt efforts of unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. from stripping Americans of their right to financial privacy. The bill does three things. Prohibits the Fed from issuing a CBDC directly to anyone bars the Fed from using a CBDC to implement monetary policy and control the economy. And three, requires the Fed CBDC projects to be transparent to Congress and the American people. 
Any digital version of the dollar must uphold our American values of privacy, individual sovereignty, and free market competitiveness. Anything less opens the door to the development of a dangerous surveillance tool. After all, America remains a technological leader, not because we force innovations to adopt our values under regulatory duress, but because we allow technology that holds these values at their core to flourish. Seems like he's a Bitcoiner. Spoken positively of Bitcoin in the past. Should note, this bill has only been proposed, has not been signed into law. Could be similar to the Elizabeth Warren situation from a few months ago, where she was taking the yeah, where she was taking the opposite approach, and this could just be a big PR stunt that has no chance of getting through. Fucking politics. This is what one of the reasons all of these, if you could tell, like the reason we n- named this episode, it's also tiresome. Um, I feel like it just embodies the soul. First of all, a great meme, but I, I feel like it embodies all the topics on this episode. Um, I, uh, one thing we've talked about, Marty, is this idea that CBDCs in America at least are very unlikely. Um, and, and that's from a direct definitional point of view of CBDCs, a central bank issued digital currency. Um, and that's mostly because we live in a very corrupt oligarchy here, um, where corporate entities are going to want to be rent seekers. So I do like my skeptic glasses would say, you know, yeah, of course, like the big money interests don't want the Fed to release a direct to consumer surveillance coin. Um, they would like uh, the Fed to grant privileges or the U.S. government, the Fed's the Feds, not the Fed, to grant privileges to corporations so that they can then issue the surveillance coin and they can rent seek along the way. Um, so when it comes to why are we concerned about a CBDC? Uh, why is CB, why is Citibank concerned about a CBDC? They're concerned about a CBDC because they want to be able to rent seek. Um, why are we concerned about a CBDC? Well, I won't speak for everyone, but why am I? Because I don't want greater surveillance and control over money. And with or without a CBDC, that can still happen um, because corporations will be managing the financial products, um, but they will be working hand in hand with governments to make sure that there's full surveillance and full control over those products. Yeah, what Mattress described is the intercabal squabble that that we have touched on at times here in the last year. Yeah, I mean, one can make the argument the CBDC in a lesser form is already here. I mean, a, correct. A Fed controlled CBDC would be the end all be all. They control everything, airdrop money into your wallet till you have to spend it in a certain amount of time and you can only spend it at certain places. Uh, immediately institute negative interest rates that take money out of your CBDC wallet because the the government needs to pay down bad debts. Um, but that's not tactically impossible with the the monetary system and digital payment system that's been erected today. I mean, we're already seeing people getting deplatformed from providers like PayPal, Visa, Mastercard, Stripe. Um, for for exhibiting wrong think, it's not hard to imagine that they would be able to decline your card at the butcher if you're trying to buy too much steak at one point in time. Yeah, um, 
I guess uh, Delaney, John Delaney, once again, he's on fire in the in the live chat right now. Um, there is a big difference, I guess, between a corporate-run surveilled financial system and controlled financial system versus uh, one administered directly by the central bank, which is how they decide to debase the money. Um, like the corporate controlled can't, they don't have, they don't have the ability to base the money, but yes, like the do. fed, they're the ones who well, issue credit. In the first yeah. Place. But like the fed debases it. And then the interface to it is the corporate. Yeah. Uh, There's the whole fed window. Yeah. Fed providing reserves that allow banks to, they, they debase credit. it together. Yeah. It's all fucked, essentially. You get a lesser two evils. One could argue that the commercial banking digital money system is a very small step below uh, a full-on CBDC world. But we're trending in that direction. With I kind of would... I'd rather just like a... We probably won't get it. Just rip the Band-Aid and go full CBDC so people get... Because otherwise it's like a frog boiling in water kind yeah. of situation. Which is why I think a lot of Bitcoiners just use CBDC as like the boogeyman, right? Because it's like, it takes more nuance to be like Venmo can close your account and surveil you and shit. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So comparing those two slightly different systems to Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a push system. There's nobody that can stop you from pushing, pushing, from pushing out, <laughs> from uh, pushing and broadcasting a transaction to another address. Um, of course, if the mining layer gets centralized to a point where miners can keep a list of addresses that they don't want to include transactions from in their blocks, that could be where the censorship enters, but um, hopefully we ensure that the, the mining layer is sufficiently distributed to lower the probability of that type of censorship. There is hope with Bitcoin. Uh, there's very little hope in the, the incumbent system. I guess that's the uh, the framing we should be using. Yeah, I guess with the current status quo, uh, you often hear like, oh, it's private enterprise. Like, of course they can close your account. You can go somewhere else. You know, so like you always hear this bullshit. Um, of course, in high profile cases, they just get debanked and deplatformed everywhere. Um, but it's really easy to... It's really obvious to people if the government is directly controlling the money uh, and taking away people's savings directly. Uh, it's like it's very obvious to people. So, th in in that way, like people will learn quicker. Um, like you said, rip the bandaid off. But I think I tend to agree that in America, at least, we won't. We probably won't see that happen, just because there's so many corporate interests that want to be involved in the process. Yeah. Now, this sort of ties into the newsletter I wrote late last night. I got it out at like 1 a.m. Central Time. But again, I think we need to remind people that technically the way the monetary system's set up, we live under a system of debt slavery. Like We are all, to a certain extent, slaves to the treasury market. I think the, the way it works right now in the U.S., we'll just use the U.S. as an example, but I think this applies to many other countries around the world. Like the the Treasury Department says, hey, 
we need more money to fund liabilities. We're going to issue new treasuries. They raise a bunch of cash. The market attaches an interest rate to those treasury bills, notes, bonds, whatever they are. Uh, and then the treasury has to pay that back. How do they pay that back? Two ways. They tax the public. So the public is forced to work and then not only work, make money, and then have a portion of that siphoned off to pay back the interest on the debt that's been accrued by the treasury department or the other route, uh, which is probably what they lean heavily, more heavily towards now. But I think there's going to be a combination of the two both being heavily used as we move forward in time. The, the other route is simply issuing more treasuries to raise more cash to pay down the interest on the debt that you accrued earlier. And the thing that makes this system slavery is that nobody opts in. The, the, the treasury doesn't come to American citizens and say, hey, are you okay with us? issuing these notes that you're going to have to pay back via taxation or debasement in the future. They just go and do it. And if you extrapolate that out on a long enough timeline, there's people who aren't born today that are simply born into a system where they are then forced via taxation or debasement of their money to, to pay back that debt in one way or the other. So it is technically, like, literally debt slavery, the whole system, the way it's erected. Indeed. It's crazy. It's like fish swimming in water. Most people don't even think there's unborn children that are born into it. It's just like with the water they're born into, they don't realize. That's what people don't realize. Like, like Bitcoin doesn't like magically solve inequality. But at least the money isn't fucking corrupt. Right? Like, at least you have a actual fair monetary system. Um... And and you're able to store your wealth. You're able to spend without permission, uh, without corrupted powers that be essentially rug pulling you by design over and over again. Yeah, you get a chance. I mean, number one with Bitcoin, it's it can't be debased. So they don't have that that lever of the debt slavery to debase your purchasing power over time. Yes, taxation may still exist for... It will still exist. For quite a bit. Death and taxes uh, always going to be around, apparently. But the one lever in the basement is completely eliminated from the situation. Then taxation, even though it may exist, since Bitcoin is a push system, it could be much harder to, to enforce. It'll be more visible to people. Yeah. So there'll be more accountability. Yes. Like one of the most, like obviously debasement is a, is, is, is very easy to hide from the public and people just have their blinders on, right? They just don't realize how much is being taken from them um, as the money supply grows. But also, I mean, like the taxation, like the auto paycheck withdrawal mm -hmm. stuff. Um, where you just never see the money that just gets pulled out of the taxes, like the money that gets in your bank account has already gotten it pulled out. Um, that could still happen with Bitcoin, but that it's it's intentional, right? It's intentional that a large portion of your paycheck is pulled out before you receive it. So otherwise, if like people had to pay that after the fact, and you see this with independent contractors because independent contractors actually have to do, they have to pay it after the fact, um, there'd be outrage there'd be an insane amount of outrage um, because you'd actually be, you know, cutting the payment out to the government. Yeah. It'd be like, where's this going? 
Another how many billion to Ukraine? Another trillion towards infrastructure that's still crumbling? Where is all this money going? Exactly. What are we doing here? Um, exactly. Do not despair, Art. you freaks. We're going to win. We need to win. We're going to win because we, we need to win. There we go. Um, <laughs> and RDBTC suddenly comments, nothing solves inequality. Um, no. Yeah, if, if that wasn't clear, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like you um, said, RDBTC. But we need a fair money system. Like, if you don't have a fair money system, if the money system is corrupt, um, that's extremely fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, the way the money system is set up now. I mean, the we can, we've belabored the Kantian effect many times throughout the years on this podcast, but it's inherently corrupt from its core to basically facilitate inequality from a design first principles perspective. Certainly not going to eliminate inequality. Different people have different drives, um, provide different values, are more productive, less productive. Like, yeah, like RDC, RDBTC said, it's a force of nature. Um, but I do think the inequality gap Actually, I'm not going to make an assertion like that. Uh, it gives it sets levels the f playing field to make it so that you can get what you deserve um, if you provide value to the economy. Where the incumbent system, you can provide a lot of value and just get devalued on a whim, debased on a whim. Because Jerome Powell wakes up and says, "Hey, economic lockdowns, four trillion dollars." Bam. Everybody. $1,200 stimmy checks. Go hit the bars. Actually, don't do that. You're going to have to go hit the liquor store and like party in your house because the bars are closed. <laughs> Next up on the list, shout out to the boys at Mutiny. They've been hanging out in the commons all week. So this is Parker, Parker's biggest qualm with Noster is he thinks it's a distraction from important Bitcoin development. That should be going on. And the Nostra boys, not or excuse me, the Mutiny boys are out here building Nostra it's, apps. It's complimentary. Bitcoin is a open monetary protocol, and Nostra is an open communication protocol. Uh, and it's very important that we have both. Um, as Marty introed, the Mutiny Wallet boys, uh, Ben Carmen who Marty famously shooed, Tony Giorgio, um, and Paul created are creating Mutiny Wallet, which is a lightning wallet in your browser, in any browser window. But they also created this Noster relay implementation called Blaster. And the idea is relatively simple. Um, in Noster, there's this concept of relays. You can think of them as servers um, where you're sending your posts to. Um, and then other clients are hitting those relays to pull down the posts. Blaster is a relay that you hit. Um, and once you send it there, Blaster will then send it out to as many other relays as it possibly can. So you can think of it as like a relay proxy that then repeats it out to as many relays as possible. Why is this important? The more relays you connect to, um, the more bandwidth you use. 
Uh, on mobile, the more battery you use as well. So by connecting to a single blast, blaster relay, uh, you can have a wider reach. You can hit many other uh, relays without connecting to them directly. Yeah, it sort of uh, acts then, as a VPN too, right? Because you're only leaking your IP to one one entity. Yeah, you're only leaking your IP address to the blaster, re- whatever relays you connect to, right? So if it's only the blaster relay, then they're the only ones that know your IP address. Um, this implementation uses Cloudflare though, so you're actually doxing your IP address to Cloudflare, which is definitely a spook operation. So I would not advocate this as a privacy tool. Use a VPN or Tor. S- spook operations in the same building as the Commons. Who? That's you guys got to work on that. Um, scare we them go, out of the building. Yeah, we go up there uh, and TP their office once a week. Um, <laughs> I uh, the major trade off with this is this idea of paid relays. With paid relays, you pay Sats um, to get your Nostr account, which is a public key, public key, private key pair, right? Uh, similar to Bitcoin, your Nostr account is a public key. With the paid relay, you give them your public key, you pay them a certain number of stats, and as a result, they whitelist you and let you use their relay. Blaster cannot, by design, cannot um, relay out to paid relays because uh, you haven't paid for them. So Maybe that's the next iteration. Let you pay for them. Well, like the ones that you paid for, it can send it to. <laughs> Well, you pay Blaster. Blaster pays an invoice from the paid relay on your behalf. Uh, and gives them complicated. Your, gives them your MPUB and says, hey, this guy paid. I'm vouching for him. Allow him to connect to your relay. That could be the way it works. Business idea. Uh, Blaster team. If any of you are listening in the comments right now, want to come talk about it. Except for Ben, you're going to get immediately shoot if you walk in this door. We already talked about Twitter launching coins. Pretty weak project. Uh, Freedom Money, episode four. With our boy Abacar. Abubakar. Or Abubakar. He like, he's so nice that he never really makes it clear how I should pronounce it, but I say Abubakar. Abubakar. Um, he's amazing. Uh, everyone should go give it a listen. You can just search Freedom Money on YouTube. Um, Extremely impressive individual. Four great episodes. Um, so definitely go check them out, and new episodes will come out on Wednesdays. We have two more to go uh, for this season. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think... A public car is a Bitcoin core dev. Uh, he has recursive capital, um, which is a... VC fund, um, and he's on the board of B Trust, um, providing grants to open source contributors. Um, and he has Kala, which is a developer education initiative. I mean, if you're looking for a Bitcoin white pill, go listen to this one. It's a good one. Yeah. I do a little bit of walk and talk on this one too. Go watch. It's a good format for you. I'm telling you. You're, you're Bitcoin's Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> It's an honor and a privilege. That means a lot. It's true. Oh, yes, it's cool to see. A lot of good feedback on this move by the Bitcoin Park. The Nashville Energy and Mining Summit panels have been released to the podcast feeds. Only the panels 
where all the panelists uh, gave the okay to syndicate um, the private event panel discussion to the podcast feed. Yeah, so two of the panels opted out of being published, but all the other panels are there. You just search Bitcoin Park in your favorite podcast app and go give them a listen. Uh, Marty was there. Uh, it was a great time, a lot of good content, a lot of good discussions. Now, if you come down to the park in person, uh, there's Q&A. The Q&A is not included uh, by default in, in the published uh, feeds, just to keep that in mind. Um, it's important for us to both respect the privacy of the people asking questions, but also um, give a little bit of benefit to the people who show the proof of work of actually coming to the events. It was an incredible event. One of my two panels is up on the podcasting feed. Yeah, because the other one will never be heard. Never be heard. Unless well, you were there. I heard it. Yeah, it was an yeah, incredible so panel, I. too. Really fascinating panel. Um, last but not least, Coinbase launches a new Layer 2 protocol, BASE. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a slow news week, so I asked the freaks on Nostra what we should cover, and they let me know that Coinbase released this Layer 2 shitcoin network that's compatible with like Ethereum, Solana, and other shit coins. Um, I did not know that they had launched this. This is testnet only for now. Uh, it came to my attention about a half an hour ago, half an hour before the show. Um, but I think the main takeaway is that Coinbase is launching their own shitcoin layer twos instead of adding lightning. And that's going to be a massive a bad judgment call on their part and just shows how, how early we are that, that these companies are still completely missing the plot. Yeah. Talk about misallocated capital, time, resources. I think Pierre has been badgering Coinbase to add Lightning for three years now. Um, one day, Pierre, one day. Yeah, if you go down, you scroll down on the page, like what they're what they're marketing, uh, secured by Ethereum, uh, so secured by inherently centralized network. But it's not. I think. I mean, I think they have full control over it. But I don't know. I'm not. I'll tell you one thing, freaks. I'm not reading this white paper. I already read the Stacks white paper to argue with the Stacks Stacks people. Um, Stacks is a complete shitcoin. I'm not reading this. Scaled by Coinbase. Base is an easy way for decentralized apps to leverage Coinbase's products and distribution. Seamless Coinbase integrations, easy fiat on-ramps, and access to Coinbase ecosystem, which has 110 million verified users and $80 billion in assets on the platform. So essentially create like a white-labeled entry point to a completely centralized publicly traded company. I'm just staring at these cones or whatever they are here. What do you think of them, Logan? Yeah, why are you just going to say that? Why are they here? <laughs> what are they for? It's the future of finance. Just to make you think. I think Coinbase Je will be a great case study in 10, 20 years. Jevy said they don't have validators. They have sequencers. I don't know. So I'm not going to look into it. the the big takeaway The big takeaway is that they're distracted. Many people in this space have still not figured out the plot yet. 
Um, and we'll still keep coming in week in and week out, just saying all our takes and watching people get surprised by most of them like three years later. It's all just so tiresome. It's so tiresome. We'll be here. Probably more tired in a couple of years. Or maybe it'll be middle of bull market. It'll be all jacked up. All caps Odell. Caps Odell will be back. We'll be He's going to be on Noster, though. He won't be on Twitter. It's true. Caps Odell and Noster. You can't, you can't delete the caps. The caps notes on Noster. Dude, Noster was fucking... It was like it was built for me. You can't delete. You can't <laughs> block. You can't edit. You can block. You can mute. Yeah. I can still reply guy you. You haven't been doing that yet, so no, no reason to mute you. Was well, because the so influencers far. haven't really come on yet, right? But when they come on, they're going to just get fucking wrecked. Like, they're used to their safe spaces. They just do not... They're not ready for it. No option to to hit off only people I follow can reply to me. Oh, what's this voltage LSP news that someone said? Um, flow 2.0? Yeah, I think... Do you know Graham, anything about this? I do, if I remember correctly. I think Graham, pretty sure he uh, teased it when he came on the show in the beginning of the year. It's a non-custodial liquidity service provider that is made to automate liquidity needs by providing just-in-time channel creation. This means that our LSP will be able to detect payment going to your Lightning node and make liquidity decisions to ensure the payment makes it to you. This solves a lot of headaches for node runners, merchants, and developers. They're tasked constantly with managing their liquidity. Watch this video to learn more. Um, I'll put that in our Slack group so you can put it in the show notes, Logan. But yeah, no, it seems like um, we have some liquidity plugins they're going to manage channel liquidity on the go so you that's don't awesome have, so you don't have to well congrats to the voltage team um more tools like that that help people with inbound liquidity and, and, and seamless channel management are much needed so appreciate you all hell yeah yeah beauty on's not gonna be able to block people from reading his feed he's already on nostra i wonder how long he's gonna last talk about a guy that loves blocking people you can still mute you. You won't see you, but you'll be able to return. I'm fine with people muting. I don't, but I'm fine. Mute mute away. But uh, you're not going to be able to stop me from replying underneath your fucking tweets. Notes. Or your, your posts. That's been like the big, what do we call them? They're posts. Post. Notes. I guess there's notes and other stuff, right? So yes. They're notes. I call them posts. I just called them tweets. So fuck me, whatever. <laughs> Is tweets just going to become this agnostic term for posting short messages on any social media app? No, I think we'll just call them posts or notes. I like notes. I like posts. Notes to me are like personal. Like I write notes to my. I guess. I guess you can write notes to other people. Yeah. I left you a note. I got the Eminem song. Stan. Do you know you must not have got it? I don't know. I don't know the words. I just butchered it. Yeah, I mean, this is another good point. It's it goes farther than just uh, influencers, right? Like corporate accounts, uh, the WEF, right? Like they block replies to tweets. Like Twitter is quickly becoming this like 
even more so than it was before this like blue check uh, elite kind of safe space where they can choose who can reply and who can't reply. They can control the conversation. They can control the narrative. Um, on Nostra, it's a fucking free for all. And I love it. I do too. Speaking of love it, I love it when you freaks shout out the show purchase a shout out. We have one shout out this week. It's a controversial one. I got a, I got a side, a side message, making sure this shout out was received. This is the purchaser of the shout out who it's okay. Being public That's a hard question. Good morning, Sats GM. Good morning. <laughs> Uh, sats do not exist in bitcoin only outputs sats cannot be moved because there's nothing to move the ordinal scam is the lie that sats exist in the first place with the ord implementation promoted as the platform for moving them the vast majority of people using ord do not understand what they are buying not unlike shitcoins this is the grift storing arbitrary data in a witness is a neat trick at worst but could unlock many powerful uses beyond monkey pick Change my mind at MF underscore hodl Bitcoin. He's a Bitcoiner, comma Bitcoiner. No, I mean, I agree. I yeah, agree. P.S. The New York Citadel is stronger than ever and misses you both dearly. All the freaks should visit PubKey, which does, in fact, accept Bitcoin. Shaka bra. Well, now they do. But um, I, I haven't been to PubKey yet. I've only heard good things. I'm sure it's great. I can't believe I got um, the PubKey before you did. I will say objectively, it's not. New York community cannot be stronger than ever, just knowing who left. Uh, and I'm not including myself. Um, but, you know, whatever you want to say to yourself. Um, the <laughs> Hey, you got to kill your heroes and new ones arise. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but PubKey, I wish PubKey existed when we were New York Bitcoiners. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and the the remaining New York Bitcoiners are all fantastic people. A lot of them I consider family. So I appreciate you all. On the inscription ordinal stuff. Yeah, the ordinals part where like they rare sats and shit. It's very reachy to the point where it doesn't really connect with reality. It's, it's very like mythology, like religion kind of bullshit, right? And the reason, but the it's important to realize why Casey had to create that concept, right? And it's because of the UTXO model in Bitcoin. So Bitcoin has a UTXO model, right? You can think of them as like bills in your wallet, right? These UTXOs, like when you construct a transaction, you have UTXOs on the input side, they essentially get destroyed and then you have UTXOs, new UTXOs on the output side, usually two. One is the transaction you were making and one is change coming back to your, to your wallet, right? Um, and Ethereum, you have this account-based system uh, where you have this fixed address and like all your tokens and shit are held at those addresses, right? Now, in a UTXO model, there's no easy way to necessarily denote ownership change over a monkey JPEG or a monkey NFT, right? So for the whole marketplace or whatever, quote-unquote marketplace for these inscriptions, trading them back and forth requires people agree to this ordinal method system on actually transferring them around, and sending them around. Um, once you wrap that away, it's an, a kind of an interesting game model in your head where like people can inscribe arbitrary data on chain, but they can never sell it. They can never transfer it. They can never sell it, right? And then all of a sudden, 
a lot of like the scammy unethical aspects of the NFT system, NFTs and shit coins and all this other shit kind of, in, you know, innately get invalidated, right? Because you can't transfer them. You can't sell them. It's just like, I, if I think like, uh, um, like playable doom should be on chain or uh, ghost gun files should be on chain, right? Like 3d printed gun files should be on chain. You put them on chain, you pay the fee to put them on chain, but you can never transfer them or sell them. Um, well, the only way yeah. be to like load up a sats card or an open dime and then sell that out of band. If you wanted to have like the actual UTXO with the ordinal. Yeah, I guess so. to the sats or something like that. You can't, you can't actually like, just imagine like you inscribe, you inscribe something and then you, that UTXO then goes into a transaction and like six UTXOs come out. Like where did the quote unquote, where did the inscription go? Right. And like, that's where they follow the ordinal sats theory or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's completely arbitrary. It's a hundred percent arbitrary and Casey kind of just made it up and then people just followed it. Um, but yeah, like you don't really have ownership of the inscription. Like the inscription is is it's just data on chain. It's hex code on chain. It's ones and zeros that are put on chain. They're not necessarily like attached to an individual UTXO. No. Um, so yeah, like so people can go find that hex code, use some software outside of that to produce the image. Right click, copy. It's theirs. Yeah. That's why, like, the inscription, like, Ghost Gunner, like, that makes sense. Like, if you are going to make a use case, I think there are better avenues for storing that You can data. have, like, a dead man switch, right? Like, an encrypted blob of, of, of data um, that when a dead man switch goes out, it gives the encryption key, and then you can download that four megs of data and, and decrypt it. Yeah. Um, there are some interesting use cases there on the inscription side, but on the ethical side in terms of like NFTs and selling NFTs and stuff. Like I said this on the dispatch. If you listen to the dispatch um, that I had on with Casey, like unequivocally, like I will never sell NFTs. I'll never make any money off of NFTs. Um, there will not be an RHR inscription collection. No. Um, Come on. Dude, easy gains. This is what broke up uh, Bitcoin Uncensored. We could, we could rug the freaks, dude. Come those are on. counterparty. Those are counterparty. Uh, the rare pepes. pepes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the families will be destroyed over this. This. It does feel like there's like a bit of a war brewing over this shit. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a fad. It's all so tiresome. It really is. I'm kidding, freaks. We're not going to rug you with NFTs. I. I. No, we never would. I. Uh, I literally don't find them interesting at all. They don't make NFTs don't make sense to me, especially like the images. Marty's just really excited that people can inscribe porn on the blockchain. So um, that's what he's most excited about. If you inscribe porn on the blockchain, number one, you're polluting the chain. Number two, you're embedding something eternally on a ledger that God will be able to look at and say, yeah, you did that. You disgusting heathen. Marty's everybody's porn favorite porn influencer. <laughs> I'm telling you, stop cooming, freaks. <laughs> Best decision I ever made in my life. So, Marty, should we wrap this up and I'll send you an invoice for 50,000 sats? 
Can't wrap it up yet. We have boostograms to read. There's only five blocks in the mempool, so I um, I think it's going to take... In mempools. In mempools. There is no the mempool, even though we're watching Wiz's mempool. I think we can stretch these 50 minutes. Maybe less. Top four boostograms from Rabbit Hole Recap. Number 240, Bitcoin is the only true stablecoin. At BTC Realist, 100,000 sats. California... Shot coiner back for another boost in need of tips for getting my hands on cheap electricity for my ASICs. Any tips for located stranded energy is appreciated. Mandibles in parentheses Drink. only 13 hours on Audible, Marty. Thank you, BTC Realist. Finding cheap electricity, locating stranded energy tips. Um, Like with natural gas wells, I mean, there's websites you can go to. I don't know the names of them off my top. But you can locate natural gas wells, stranded natural gas wells online, which could provide you cheap electricity, but then you have to go through the trouble of determining whether that well can be easily turned on, what the gas content's like, getting a generator, figuring out the electrical components, all that stuff. Or you could go to upstream and just buy a hash hut, and if the well works, set up some pipes directed to the generator in your hash hut. Uh, cheap electricity. I mean, find a place with a massive substation that has a ton of excess capacity. It's tough. Move to like Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas. There was a heat map we had, I think a couple months ago. That showed like the cheapest electricity. It's hard. You don't just walk out the door and go find cheap electricity, though. Do you have any tips, Matt? Yeah, I mean, do your own research, freak. You got, like, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Exactly. That's what I'm like. <laughs> it's a strand of energy. It's like, yeah. There's no, nobody's an expert in it yet. That's not it's not easy either because you can find it but then it's like how do you actually turn it into electricity my bitcoin with it weather problems do you starlink cellular data is there fiber around there's so many so i feel like the internet side is the internet side might be the easiest side of it yeah the hardest part is probably sourcing a good like finding a good source yeah but if i can if I can figure it out, I'm sure you can, BTC Realist. Thank you for the shout-out. Only six-figure boost of the week at Svenol, S-V-E-I-N-O-L. Svenol? Svenol? 77,777 sats. Mandibles, read it. Thanks for all the great stuff <laughs> you provide every week. Stay humble, stack sats, Svein. Number two mandibles, Boostagram. Let's go. Svein from Norway. I think you're going to like this one. At Stevie, 60,000 sats. Great rip, as always. Great weather report. Shout out to my dad. Mandibles. Really? Another <laughs> Mandibles? Yeah. Just a reminder, freaks. I'm going to have Mandibles author, uh, Lionel Shriver, will be on Civil Dispatch tomorrow at uh, 11 Eastern Time, 1600 UTC. Come join us in the live chat. Go over to Citadel Dispatch, subscribe, hit the notifications. But before you do hit that, subscribe. Bell. Hit the bell. Hit, hit the bell the here. Bell Hit the thumbs up. Leave us a comment. Pump the algo. Last boost gram 
from Rip 240, or not the last one, but the fourth in the top four, Eric 99, 50,000 sats. Stay humble, stack sats. Great advice, Eric. As always. Appreciate you. What a rip. We thought it was a slow week, but we had really good, I thought we had a really good in-depth conversations on many different topics here. Yeah, there wasn't that many specific topics. Um, I see Jevy in the comments asking about software updates. I mean, besides Blaster, I didn't have anything on my radar. Um, that wasn't really a software update as opposed to like a new project. Um, but yeah, if we missed anything, freaks, hit us up in all of our different channels and we'll cover it next week. Uh, Marty now owes me 50,000 sats. And Should we do it live on air? How are we going to do it live on air? Let's create an invoice and I'll scan it. Oh, just go to uh, geyser.fund slash project slash citadel and just... Dot .fund slash project slash citadel. God damn it. You can leave a little message there too. So I can see your payment come through. I gotta hit fucking contribute. Press the contribute button. It's only in it's only uh oh, No, press sats. the little sats I button. It, I got it. Sats. I fucking got it. <laughs> Mandibles. So freaks, I don't know if you realized last week I like went a little bit too hard on saying mandibles over and over again. It was because at that point I already knew that she was probably going to be in the interview, but I wasn't sure yet, so I didn't want to jinx it. So instead I just said mandibles over and over again. That's what happened. <laughs> Did you make the payment yet? Yeah, go check your geyser fund. It's the future of finance. I don't see it. Does it not update right away? I have a contribution successful. Did you put a message? I did. Weird. I don't see it. Hmm. I got contribution well, successful on my end. Why don't you... Uh... Yeah, I don't see it. Odd. Well, what are you going to do? Maybe it doesn't update the feed right away. Do you see it on the feed? I don't see it on the feed. I do see it in my wallet as paid. Sat's been dispersed. Fair enough. I will check my actual lightning node. Because that's just a front end. It actually goes to my lightning node, which is fucking dope. Yeah. I'm bummed my message didn't come up. It'll probably come up. Maybe it's delayed. What was your message? You'll see. Fair enough. You'll see. Looking forward to it. You can tell Lionel tomorrow. Oh, maybe it was just mandibles. No. no. You can tell her tomorrow. Great. Well, I Let appreciate you, Marty. Send send my message to Lionel, okay? Oh, I'm bummed it's not coming up. I appreciate you, too. What, what am I supposed to... Oh, I'm supposed to read it on the page? Okay, we'll do. Actually, don't. I said mandibles is overrated. Wow. <laughs> you haven't even read it. I feel like I have. Well, I'll make sure to ask her that question, and I'll tell I mean, her. she kills you. Bitcoin in it. It's like... In 2016, though, it happens to the best of us. It's fan fiction. She, she also has a character, and it said that money can be thought of as stored energy, and bad money is 
a dilution of our energy. It's a very cogent point. Yeah, it's pretty spot very, on. Very lucid. But yeah, Bitcoin died. It's overrated. You go down this like mandibles, like black pill rabbit hole, but Bitcoin wasn't there. That's true. Well, honestly, I'm pumped for you to do that interview. I know you've been wanting to do it for quite some time. And obviously. I'm pretty excited. Big meme on the show. Might just cancel both shows afterwards and just like it's the peak and just fade off into obsolescence. Oh, so we're not going to be here week in and week out after tomorrow. Maybe not. Is this maybe, the last maybe tomorrow, recap? The only way the freaks will know is if they join me tomorrow and I'll let them know at the end whether or not I'm going to be back next week. Freaks, was it a good one? Was it worth it? Was this the no, best? No, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to stay around at least to the end of the year because I need to collect my 100,000 sats from you. <laughs> You're not going to... No, I'm going to be getting 100,000 sats from you. We'll find out. We'll, we'll find, find out. out. But thanks, thanks for the 50K sats, Marty. I appreciate it. You know, we made a bet. I'm a man of honor. Show's not quite over yet, but it doesn't look like this mempool is going to clear. It's up to six blocks now. Congrats on your 50,000 sats. No, the message still didn't come through. We got to talk to the geyser guys. There must be a delay. Do you see it on your node? you have Zeus or anything? Uh, should I check? Yeah, check, because now it's going to annoy me. Like, if my wallet's telling me the wrong thing. It might take me a little while. You want to talk to the freaks about something? Do you have anything to tell them? Hmm. We do have the Bitcoin takeover event here in Austin, Texas on March 18th. Still have tickets. If you go to the event price page, scroll down. There's an open node link and a Stripe link. We prefer open node. Uh, and we have confirmed two debaters for the first Soho Forum style debate series event here at the Bitcoin Commons, which will be on April 23rd or 26th. Let me check my calendar real quick. April 26th. Wednesday, April 26th. It's going to be a great event. I don't know if... I think they're confirmed. So it's Steve Barber, <laughs> Jesse Pelton. Uh, I believe the affirmative is... Uh, Solar and wind are not reliable sources of energy for Bitcoin mining. And which one is which side is Steve going to argue? He's the negative. Jesse is the <laughs> affirmative. Um, yeah, it's pretty obvious. But if um, you do come, we don't have tickets awesome. up for it yet. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's going to be a high Wait, class. So that's going to be separate. That's going to be separate. Yeah, that's so the Bitcoin takeovers on March 18th. This debate series event is April 26th. Completely separate event, inspired by. Uh, the Soho Forum in New York. Uh, if you've ever attended that debate series, shout out to Gene Epstein and the team at Reason. It's a really good event. Inspired us to bring it down here to Austin, Texas with a Bitcoin focus. So this will be yeah, the first one. Yeah, I got one. your 50,000 50, sets five minutes ago. All right, good. But my node doesn't show the message. Maybe it's just like... I don't think the node says the message. Maybe the node is just on geyser. It was, yeah, it's probably not included in the transaction. It's probably like in the geyser front end. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you for your sats. I appreciate it. It's going to put my future children through college. So oh. thank you for your service. 
Well, you'll be sending me back that college fund and plus more <laughs> at the end of the year. Anyway, much love, brother. I appreciate all you freaks. I appreciate you, Logan. Um, I will. Uh, I will be hopping in the live chat tomorrow. I look to forward ha- to it. To hassle I hope, I hope you and all the freaks come join. It's going to be a momentous occasion. Um, I'm looking forward to the discussion. And as one of the freaks did say in the comments, um, it wouldn't have been a very good novel if, if you know, like a paragraph in, she was just like, and then Bitcoin fixed it. <laughs> it would have been a short little little sonnet that would have been much more impactful and true. Oh, Sean, Sean B is saying it's on the Geyser Front main page now, but it's still <laughs> not on the it's not on the project page. I mean, to be fair, there's been seventy six thousand contributors to the Sill Dispatch Geyser page, so that's pretty. It insane. really does. It does stress their. It does stress their website. Mandibles is overrated from Marty. 50,000 sats. It is on the main page. Do I have to spin up a TFTC? Verified. Yeah, you should. Right. We can't yeah. do it for RHR because there's no way to do it with splits. Um, well, you could do it centrally so, controlled, but... Then. I prefer Freaks just use Podcasting 2.0 and it just auto-splits out to, to all of us. It's way better. Yeah, Ooh, not, the mempool cleared. You actually have to send me those sets back. It did not. It did not. <laughs> it did not. Love you, freaks. Love you, Marty. Appreciate you, Logan. Stay humble, sex hats. The feeling is mutual, brother. Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>